Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. Now, live from Chicago, the Hal Sparks radio program mega worldwide. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. Hal Sparks, your comedian and multimedia personality. And I'm all out of bubble. Hal Sparks. All right, let's do this. All right, we're going to do our best today to uh, try to put a show together because that's just what we do here at the House Marks Radio Program, Mega Worldwide, where Johnny Million, Johnny Million has 100% more cat on his lap today. I do. Which is and a lovely, doing, lovely thing. She's doing pretty good. She's still got All her right. tumor, but um, she pretty much gets fed whatever she wants, whenever she wants, and uh, it's a program that's really working out for her. Right. Uh, well, uh, I, we're, we're cheering her on. Um, and we also hope that if if something funky does happen and we, uh, you know, we, we get to hear it while it happens in the background. It's good. That's what we're hoping for. That's that's a sign of progress on all fronts. Now, um, by the way, uh, welcome to the show, everybody. We're here every Saturday. And uh, I feel like, you know, there are there are a few special shows along the way. And the one right before an election uh, would be one of those shows. Where I would like to remind everyone to uh, vote like you actually care about the things you say you care about. I have uh, our uh, one of our mottos here at Hal Sparks uh, Radio Program Mega Worldwide. Now with 100% more Johnny Millian with a cat on his lap, is She's got uh, if you are ever presented with a choice that you believe is the lesser of two evils. Choose less evil. It's that simple. Just pick the ones that actually want to do the job and do it well and seem to have a compassionate view of uh, their fellow Americans. It's not. Did you see what Angela C. Phillips Mills just posted in the chat, the super chat? Yeah. Um, Quote, if oh, there were yes. an asteroid heading towards Earth, Republicans would get in a room and they'd say, you know what, what we need? Tax cuts for the rich. Is Barack Obama? Yes, he said that uh, a couple of times. He's been on this. He's been stumping for Democrats. His um, stumping has been amazing. It has. Uh, he and Biden and Trump are all in Pennsylvania, um, uh, where, where you know, where quite frankly, Biden and, and Obama are fighting for candidates that they like and that their constituents like. And um, for some odd reason, uh, Trump is there. Defending somebody that his own followers hate. Literally, when he introduced Dr. Oz the first time, they booed him at the second rally, if you can call it that, um, for uh, for Dr. Oz. Hit the QAnon people in the first three rows turned their back on him. What is this, a Metallica show? Yeah, right. Yeah, they just will, will not uh, do the opening act at all. Is that what it is? Yeah, yeah. So, um, anyways, pretty fascinating across the board, um, and I'm, a, you know, I personally I have a very am, fun early voting story. Oh, all right, yeah, yeah. let's bring, bring us up to so, speed. I have a good one too. So, um, go ahead. Lovely Mrs. Million and I went to go vote, and um, it was it was crowded, which we sort of enjoyed. Mm-hmm. And then, mm-hmm. um, as we're going through the whole thing in 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 our voting area, we get like. The little key card you get to get your ballot. You know, these are the right. first electronic ballots I've done because I used to live in the Podunks and we just like filled in little black dots. Sure. So, so we're done. We get the ballot printed out. We're waiting in line to hand in the ballot. And I see like this 
big poster um, near the exit that says mm-hmm. selfie station. And it's like says, I voted vote 2022. Oh, yeah. I was like, oh, yeah, look at that. And so I was like, hey, hey, meet me when you hand that in. Meet me by the selfie station. Mm-hmm. And she sort of like looked at me like I was crazy, like she usually does. And sure. Then when I handed my in my ballot, she was nowhere to be found. She was gone. She'd already walked all the way down the stairs. And what? I was like, Boo! So I took a selfie and went down to say, "Why didn't you meet me by the selfie station?" She said, uh, "I thought you said meet me in Southeast Asia." So let that be a lesson. Go vote. sure. Uh, yes, vote. And articulate um, <clears throat> better. But the other I would day say where she was telling me about adult books because she works in um, a library and she was saying like she had to do something with adult books and right. young adult. Books, I don't think that's that is, uh, yeah. more sense. I don't think that's what she meant. No, and and I said, and I said, what are goat books? And oh so, no, yeah, we've we've got some issues of communication in our marriage right now. Clearly. Um, I'm, I'm impressed. Um, so, um, let's, whoops. Um, where did I go? Are you blinking gray out on the... Yes. Okay. No, I'm not. Um, so, uh, anyways, I, that's what it, I know what I know. There's a a clipping issue and it's bothering me and I'm trying to find a way to fix it while I'm actually working at the same time. I, I do have, um... Some good news leading into the uh, the election coming up, and I want people to remember: you got to be full throttle. This is going to be about turnout. Um, Democrats so far acting like they care and showing up and voting early. Uh, a lot of them are going to vote in person because they they can this year because we're no longer in lockdowns because of COVID. You can go and actually vote at any of the regular polling places, which is cool. Um, in Illinois, you can vote right up till Monday early because technically if you vote on Tuesday, it wouldn't be early voting. It would just be voting. It's kind of an important <laughs> distinction. Um, and uh, at, at some point, um, you know, and, and by the way, it's different for everybody. There's, you know, there's different rules everywhere. So vote.org will help you work through that. I will vote.org. Uh, com is the um, the Biden administration's push to get you know their get out the vote um, machine that's pretty spectacular, um, but uh, the the key more than anything is uh, is voting a straight blue line. This is uh, super key, especially when it comes to somebody. I mean, I, honestly, you, I wouldn't enforce that. I wouldn't I, I wouldn't jump between a voter and their decisions, except in the areas of things like secretaries of state, state mm-hmm. legislators, mm-hmm. Congress people and Senate. Every other thing uh, or and judges also uh, city council. Mayors are also important. Um, but anywhere. What? And the water, water reclamation. No, no, no. Those are fine. I, I, I honestly believe in vote anarchist for water reclamation. Um, <laughs> Darn it. They're, they're the only pro-sewage candidates on the ballot. They've um, Some people um, look like and sound like. Oh, and, I can uh, hear you now, Hal. Oh, that's it's terrible. super glitchy. I think we need to try resetting stuff. We do. We're going to take a break. We'll be back right after this. It's the Housework Radio Program, Mega Worldwide on WCPD Radio, Chicago's Progressive Talk. 
You're locked into the House Sparks Radio Program, Mega Worldwide. Oh my gosh, so good, so uh, so much better, so much smoother. We, we, you know, I I figured it out. It was uh, bless the folks at Raw Story for the the good work that they do. But man, I mean, as as Barrel Edition newspapers go. Um, they're tops. They're right up there with HuffPost, which is these uh, what they like to call themselves aggregate sites. Yeah. But what they really are is they take other people's articles and just repost them under a different banner, give a short synopsis and then allow you to click to the other thing and then just stack ad rev on top of the thing with just banner ads and looping little video things and it's gotten out of control it's got it's gone crazy so um so my favorite story and i gotta show you this with johnny millie because it's just so lovely and enjoyable and fun and super fun um (laughs) this whoops hold on this is the uh there we go me john news i want this one here you go so you can see the whole thing um Judge, this is from The Guardian, judge orders independent monitor to oversee Trump's real estate empire. Now, I the idea that Donald Trump now has a financial babysitter is hilarious. On top of the fact that, by the way, that he is constantly followed around by Secret Service agents, no matter how much they like him, they are agents of the Treasury, the one arm of the government he fears the most he filed another injunction trying to keep january 6 uh the january 6 committee from seeing his taxes which are perfect and great and show how rich he is i don't know what the holdup is it's been more than two weeks uh no and by the way you you do know that that was never an audit right you know that that when he says he was being audited that was there was no audit he got a, I want to say, $72 million tax refund he did not deserve. And the IRS looked at it and went, whoa, 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 whoa. We did a review, and you know that big refund check you got? Give that back. Your properties don't deserve these things. You don't qualify for all the things you filed on. And it was just on. because he had like done all of his finagling with how much things were worth and all the fake losses he had. Yep, and the IRS is saying, give us your uh, that $72 million back. And the Trump Organization spent it. They don't have it. Uh, they can't give it back. They, you don't have, People don't actually think he's a billionaire, do they? There, there are people who still believe that garbage. Yep. They think it's he's hilarious. Yeah, well, uh, he is. He, he does his own makeup. I've heard that, that he does his own orange spray. Oh. Yeah, West he opens a giving out memberships like they're oh, Wes, thank you so much. And Hal Vickery, thank you so much for the super chat. Everybody who hasn't voted, please do so, says Hal Vickery. So says Lord. he. And Carol Cobb says, choose less evil, which is exactly the point. Yes. Um, and Spectre uh, Jabo, Jabo uh, <laughs> says, um, I'm going, Jobo, I'm, I'll figure it out eventually. And get involved with your local government easier than you think. Join a city community, su- uh, submit public comments. Not letters to the editor. Don't do the PR part of it. Do it to the, you know, address the people who actually do the work. Excellent point. Michael Albers giving out memberships. This is crazy. We're taking over. This is so great. We're getting there. You know what I mean? Like, I think think what's happening is some of our... uh, our uh, right wing competition, uh, there's some of these folks have finally decided to bow out right before the election because they've been they realize they've been, you know, 
suckered and hornswoggled and bamboozled for too long. And then there's uh, some that are allegedly on our side of the political ledger who are realizing that the folks they normally listen to are just an anti-voting brigade that are trying to undermine the Democratic vote and have been doing it for years and, strangely enough, are run by what, former Republicans who all of a sudden just decided that, you know, uh, it, it's, it's, not, it's not the Democrats that are the problem. It's the whole system. It's voting itself that's the yeah. problem. Right now... On um, we've seen this. There's a bunch of talking points going around. The big, um, the big uh, lefty faux anti, the faux aggressive, uh, uh, fake anti-war movement from you know Tulsi Gabbard to the uh, to Jimmy Dork to you know those folks. The word they're using is warmonger right now. Anybody who wants Ukraine to not be wiped off the face of the earth and believes that we should support them to make sure they're not wiped off the face of the earth. We are warmongers because we are making sure. this war last longer than if we had just let them die. It's a very strange argument for someone to call themselves anti-war when really they just want one side to win quicker. Yeah. That's it's you know and the and by the way specifically the invading side. And I'm sure we'll talk about that more when our dear friend Philip Bittner joins us from Ukraine in the second hour. But um, there's, a, there's a lot of suckerage going on in, in the right-wing media right now. We'll get to uh, the thousand-page uh, report on the FBI and DOJ collusion with the Hunter Biden story uh, that Jim Jordan and Chuck Grassley put out this week. Um, and uh, by the way, Iowa, geez, you can do better. I don't want to hear all this stuff about... We need an outsider in Washington. Like, dude, you've been there for 30 years. <laughs> what are you talking about? We need new blood. So let me, I'm Chuck Grassley. I'm there to do what Iowa needs, which is ig- ignore the needs of farmers and just get a rubber stamp the farm bill that the Democrats come up with every year because it's really fine on its merits and spend the rest of my time trying to get the Hunter Biden laptop myth pushed through Congress into the record, into the record. So um, the other the other big myth is that Donald Trump is uh, uh, I don't know if you've heard this, Johnny Million, that he's a billionaire who uh, has the best words and knows uh, the uh, knows more about. ISIS than the generals, knows more about economics than the economists, knows uh, he has, because he had a smart uncle, he genetically understands viruses (laughs) in a way other people can't. He told that to Bob Woodward in the uh, recently released um, Trump tapes that just came out, which I did indeed get and I have been listening to, and they are jaw-droppingly stupid genetically Um, understands viruses better than most people because he's related to a guy who went to mit for engineering that's the whole reasoning it's brutal it's like so because i i've said this and this is one of the reasons why i cover his rallies the way i do and kind of go through the whole thing sometimes we give up because it's just boring but the reason i don't like pick little pieces of it out and just show those is because it creates this weird illusion that the rest of it was somehow fine like these are the three crazy parts (laughs) but the rest of it was normal No, it was a giant weirdo salad, and I just picked out the biggest bugs 
it had nothing, you know, oh. So the the same thing is true of in many ways the book that Woodward wrote uh wrote uh Rage, which is, you know, where a yeah. lot of these tapes he used excerpts from these interviews. Um and uh if you listen to the tapes, it's it's way worse. Like we all have this kind of cartoonish Trump voice in our head when whenever we read his speaking, you know, whenever he writes something on troth sensual and uh, and that nonsense. Um, it, you you kind of picture like this da, 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 voice, you know, and it's and even with that, those quotes sound kind of mildly restrained compared to how you hear him actually say them. It's stunning. And I and I have a feeling like the the one thing I would say to like to the you know the Republicans who are who are still got their toe in Trump's pool or the the straight up you know dyed in the wool um you know Trump town pineapple farm you know maggots that are going to you know that ride or die with him um those folks I, I I would suggest you listen all the way through to the Woodward Trump tapes because you're going to have a I mean maybe you not you're not going to want to cuz you're going to have a hard time coming back from that you're going to have a hard time your defense of him will be will not be as ready you know they have this kind of like knee jerk like yeah. they'll jump hey who's the greatest president we ever had like they go straight into the spiel nah That'll slow your roll, something fierce. Like, if I'm stunned after all the Trump that I have seen and heard over the yeah, last few yeah. years, especially, wow. So, one of the greatest uh, parts of this uh, story about both the Letitia James trial and, you know, Trump's doing his uh, lawsuit because he's accusing her of, uh, of this being a, a racist uh, witch hunt against him because Letitia James hates him because he's orange. This is, this is against, I mean, there are no more marginalized people in this country. I mean, they say what you will about uh, the, the lack of homogeneity in the, in the black vote or in the Latino vote or in the Asian vote or whatever. But when you that's talk about orange. racial minorities, orange is, that's a cla- that's like six people, uh, you know, Trump and, you can and, the occasion, and the occasional member of his staff who oddly uses his base and forgets that it's that color. You, ever, you, know, you know what I'm talking about? Like occasionally some of these folks will show I up. I noticed that. That would be amazing but, to see. Yeah, there's, there's a couple of them. You know, like Lindsay has looked orange a couple times and it looks like they're like, oh, my God, I got to be on camera in a couple minutes. Can I borrow your makeup kit? And they're like, oh, my God, I look like a basketball. What Don't am I going to do? Kids. Do not. Um, so. A Manhattan judge said on Thursday that he would appoint an independent monitor uh, from the Guardian monitor to oversee Donald Trump's real estate empire. The move will restrict his company's ability to freely make deals. (laughs) Yeah, because that's they still make deals. They're actually making deals. deals. He hasn't made a deal since 92. Sell assets, which is really what it's about, because they don't want him to purge assets before they can be seized and change its corporate structure, meaning throw Eric on the fire. Because right now, Don Jr. is sort of in charge. He's like the primary, and Eric really? is secondary. Yeah, and and in the uh, Letitia James case, 
all of the Trump kids, I mean, all the major Trump kids, obviously Tiffany has dodged this bullet the whole time, financially speaking. Um, but Don Jr., Eric, and Ivanka, and Trump, uh, you know, senior, all had to uh, do depositions in, in this Letitia James uh, case. And the uh, Don Jr. and Ivanka answered all the questions. Uh, Eric and Trump, um, they both, and, and the Donald, they both uh, pled the fifth a lot. Which means Eric is the least favorite son, and Trump knows this, and let him sign all the criminal documents. Sure. That's what that is. He's just, yeah, that's the, you're the, sorry, you're the sacrificial dumb one. I don't like your wife. I'm not impressed by you. Don has my namesake. He got here first. Sorry, that's how hierarchies work around here. Um, and straight out, just like threw him to the wolves. So Eric had to plead the fifth the same amount of times, like the entirety, all the questions. And Trump has been pleading the fifth in other cases whenever asked about the worth of his company. That should be the most telling thing of all. we got to take a break. We'll be back right after this. It's the How Sparks Radio Program, Mega Worldwide. Yes, Judge Arthur Engeron uh, is assigned a watchdog to Trump Org. Ha ha. Welcome back to the Hal Sparks Radio Program, Mega Worldwide. So the uh, uh, um, Trump sued Letitia James on, on Wednesday um, in a 35-page complaint, which is just basically a uh, like a diatribe. I think it literally cribs stuff from the Durham report, which there hasn't been, like the Durham lawsuits, um, which is hilarious. Um And uh, it's going to go terribly because the reason Trump has been able to even have the illusion of being a successful businessman this whole time is, quite frankly, because no one has been paying attention. He he's less he was more interesting as a social gadfly and kind of a scummy new money second generation jerk than as an actual businessman. Like people didn't dive into if you'll notice how like how rare it was for them to talk about deals that went well. I don't know. I mean, we've all read stories about the, you know, Trump stakes and the American football league and his casino and all that stuff. But somehow like there, this, even the, even the golf courses, everybody's like golf courses. They're notorious money losers. The only thing they're good for is, uh, um, you know, like foreign spies and other people hanging around eavesdropping on people making deals in the country. Weird. Um, but the idea that, you know, and, and then where do you get the money? Like even the money to buy those things was from sketchy sources and was really opaque, but nobody was like, wow, you know what? You got to give it to Trump. He bought Apple at $14 a share. Or he bought Google at, you know, you know, $2. He was an early investor in the Bezos dream. Nope. Okay. There's none of that. There is literally none of that. Like, I'm sure his I'm sure Alan Weitzelberg bought the dip a couple of times on behalf of the Trump organization, who's in charge of some of their investments. But it wasn't because Trump was, you know, 
watching monitors like Billy Ray Valentine talking about, you know, uh, the G.I. Joe with the Kung Fu grip. Um, so uh, hilarious. And this is um, this is just one of, uh, you know, he this is after he settled, by the way, the uh, assault civil suit um, between him and protesters outside of Trump Tower. This that was that suits from 2015. They got a, a jury in the Bronx and they were having a hard time finding anybody who a didn't know who Trump was and B didn't have an absolutely horrid picture of him as a human being. So they're like, yeah, we're never going to get a jury that doesn't they know too much. Again, this goes to the idea that like Trump always complains about bias. Everybody's biased against him. And even the people he puts in office, people he put in his own campaign, like from his campaign into cabinet positions. Yeah, because once they get in and see the evidence, they can't stand him. Yeah. They're like, we got to get rid of this dude. Um, I take it back. And that leads us to Cash Patel. Ladies and gentlemen. Um, I had to close the page on this one, um, so I'll just go back to me and Johnny um, for this one. Um, I think this will bring us back. Yeah, you go. Um, but Cash Patel, um, one of the one of the kookier characters in the Donald Trump uh, post political office sitcom, um, a, uh, a a guy who. In almost every interview, looked like he was watching a giant spider on the ceiling and was trying to finish the interview before it jumped on his face. Who also, behind him on the wall, had his nickname slash, uh, like, logo, Cash, which was K dollar sign H, which for the who's at home is I don't know. Like uh, he's a guy's, he's named after the nest he plunge or a or a very a far away crashing of symbols together by a marching band with only one member. Um, and just so the douchiest. Oh, he got immunity, ladies and gentlemen. Okay. Cash Patel got uh, got uh, immunity to testify against Trump. See, because. With all this talk about um, Christina B- uh, Bob, um, the you know one of the hubba hubba lawyers that he's had and got and gone through, who no longer represents Trump, by the way, and never was part of his team, according to her, she was just there to help with some of the the record allocation. She, the the story was that she signed the document and there, therefore she's on the hook. For the, them lying about the fact that they had given all the, the classified documents back to the, you know, the uh, National Archives. And there's nothing left to see here. Thank you very much. Stop bothering us. Don't look at that room over there. Uh, pay no attention by, to the boxes behind that curtain. And it turns out that um, Cash Patel, for those of us that were paying attention was all over Steve Bannon's show and Mike Lindell's show and anybody that would listen to him bragging about how important he is to the Trump organization currently because Trump put him in charge of all the National Archives records and all the stuff that that they got from that. And he's the, he's the man. He's the point person, which means Christina Bob may have signed this document, too. 
But he was the one who was the primary custodian of that stuff. He was bragging about Trump making him that person, which means he and Eric are in the same boat. Trump thought Cash Patel is the dude you can jettison. He's expendable. And after all this stuff started coming out and Cash Patel had no evidence, uh, and nor did he have, I suppose, any options um, to get out from under this because Trump had basically set him up. Cash Patel's, you know, I think he was, he might have been under the impression that this stuff was no big deal. You know, that he was like, yeah, I don't know. He, he can he can take a totally declassify stuff if he just says it. He can, you know, which is just absurd. Like, it's just goofy. Um, but the 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 big part of this is Trump threw him to the wolves. Trump basically had him out there saying all this stuff. But he was he was the evidence he was going to he's. Effectively, he was Trump's alibi because the only person who's come up and said, I was there or I believe or I know that Trump can declassified stuff. He had declassified stuff right in front of me. Um, He was the only person saying that. And now uh, he has an immunity deal and he's basically turning state's evidence on Trump because at some point immunity usually means you get the good stuff. Oh, well, except for he cannot this the the terms of this immunity deal are spectacular. He cannot refuse to answer any questions. There you go. And and this is in front of a grand jury. And he cannot uh, um, plead the fifth. And he can't let's see. He can't refuse to answer questions. He can't using plead the fifth. And he cannot lie. If he's found to lie about anything, deals off full prosecution. And somebody along the way showed him, sat him down and said, hey, dude, I don't know what Trump has told you. I'm sure he's told you a lot of stuff. But let me show you what the law actually says. And here are the laws we know you broke. Oh, wow. And and each one of these has a has a minimum, you know, twenty five thousand dollar fine and six months in jail. And. They go by the page. In some cases, they go by the secret. And if there's three of them or ten of them on a page, you're on the hook for all of them. Now, you can leave here and go back to what, you know, I suppose you believe you have free room and board at Mar-a-Lago. Or you can fess up. And he took the deal. Um... The uh, this is from let's see I want to see the um, the this from the Washington Post um, about <clears throat> uh, Trump's appearance uh, Trump uh, loyalist Cash Patel questioned before Mar-a-Lago grand jury Cash Patel loyal aide to Donald Trump and former White House deputy faced questions before a grand jury Thursday as part of a criminal investigation into the former president's possession of classified records more than 18 months after he left office, according to a person familiar with the matter. National security prosecutors asked Patel about his public claims this spring. Remember I brought this up? Remember I was telling you guys? And everybody was like, "Uh uh-oh, Christina Bob's in trouble. Nope. (laughs) Christina Bob is... Hanging out on OAN, she's she, they're not. She doesn't have an immunity agreement. She might be in trouble on some of this stuff, but he's the dude that signed the paper. 
Um, Patel was also questioned about how and why the departing president took secret and top secret records to Mar-a-Lago, his part-time residence um, and private club in Florida. Thank you, at least Washington Post, for referencing his part-time residence. Not his home. It's not his home. It wasn't raided. Nobody kicked in the door. They they didn't even have to knock. Somebody opened the door for them. They saw them. All right, come on in. They have people that open the doors at Mar-a-Lago. If you don't believe me, ask... uh, um, uh, Anna de Rothschild, the fake Rothschild who w- went all over the, the property. So, according to a person uh, with knowledge of the session who spoke on condition of anonymity to speak candidly about a grand jury probe, Patel, a former federal prosecutor, which is hilarious. Like, th- have you ever seen an interview with Cash Patel, John? No, I'm just now hearing about the, that he existed. <sighs> Man, is he really looking um, at a spider on the other side? Yeah, yeah, he's. I mean, he's wild-eyed. I, I, uh, I I'm going with cocaine wild-eyed. Something along those lines. I would yeah. say very Florida, very, very Scarface kind of mannerisms. I said out to my little friend, <laughs> you know, it's kind of ah. Oh. Um, so, uh, uh, Patel, a former federal prosecutor, is considered a key witness. Yeah, you think by the federal by the Justice Department in large measure because of what evidence he may provide in defense of Trump's retention of the records. According to people familiar with the matter, some of the records contain top secret information about Iran's missile system and intelligence related to China. The Washington Post has previously reported, and God knows the the Chinese wouldn't want to know what we know about them. And it's not like. While everybody else is getting the heck out of China, um, Ivanka still gets a lot of stuff made there. Do you notice that? Mm-hmm. You notice uh, like we're reshoring chip factories like crazy, and a lot of American businesses are clearing out. They're moving to Vietnam. They're moving to India. Lots of news about that. But strangely enough, nothing about the uh, clothing supply chain for Ivanka Trump's stuff. Isn't that not weird. You, well, you, 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 what happens? What if you just cut the labels out and write in with a sharpie that it was made in the USA? Doesn't that work anymore? It depends on your penmanship, I think. <laughs> yeah, big penmanship. You have to really, yeah, you have to be really good, really steady hand, like surgeon. Uh, steady hand. Investigators did not expect Patel to offer evidence implicating Trump in possible crimes, these people said, but they added that the government badly wanted his first-hand account under oath of any declassification uh, decisions made by Trump. Now, that's Thursday. Then, uh, almost immediately, well, let me take a break. Well, let me tell you what followed right when we come back. It's the House Parks Radio Program, Mega Worldwide on WCPD Radio, Chicago's Progressive Talk. Also on infotainmentwars.com. We are so close to 52K. Did we hit 52K Thank yet? You, we got to know. Oh, and oh yeah, M. I'm going with M. Stacks. I that's what I think. That's that's what I think. Yeah, we're at 41.9. We're almost there. We're so close, people. Mark Kramer, subscribe. He just says 42K. So we're there. If Mark says so. Well, I, I appreciate it, but we're close. We're so close. We're like 20 votes away. Something like 20 subscriptions away. We'll be back. Attention, attention, stop what you're doing. Because we're coming back to the Hal Sparks radio program, Mega Worldwide. Oh my God! They went a little crazy with it, and I appreciate it. 
Now let's get back with HealthSparks radio program, Mega Worldwide. So Cash Patel, you know, spoke to the grand jury. And I bet, you know, Trump was like, well, he's going to go talk before, but Cash is good. We've got, we've got the, the dirty, the skinny on Cash. He's not going <laughs> to spill the beans. And then uh, turns out um, he was testifying under a limited immunity deal. Let's which see. guaranteed he would not be prosecuted in the criminal investigation over his statements or information derived from them as long as he is truthful, doesn't refuse to answer any questions, and doesn't plead the fifth, which is a lot coming from this crowd. The move to immunize Patel reflects the importance of his testimony uh, about the purported declassification, uh, which I've said many times, uh, technically speaking, Trump declassifies any classy place he walks into. (laughs) If you're in a nice place, having a nice Mm -hmm. meal, and the atmosphere is nice, and Trump walks in, it's suddenly a dump. It's declassified. It's declassified, right. Which guarantee he would not be... Okay, where we go. Okay. uh, um, And appears to reflect a decision to forego a potential case against him in order to secure evidence against a bigger target, such as Trump. Yeah, I mean, it's a RICO case. What do you expect? The status of the documents is important because if prosecutors can prove that those seized by the FBI during the search of Mar-a-Lago this summer were not declassified, of course they're not. Um, Oh, my God. It could strengthen a potential obstruction case contending that Trump used the claims as an excuse for why he did not return records uh, that had been subpoenaed. And by the way, that's not the biggest part. It's the fact that he lied. He lied. He lied about having them. He lied that he was going to return them. He lied about not having to. And here's the one upside. I've talked about this, you know, the clown coup that was January 6th. We must remember always, um, and uh, and as the evidence comes out, more of these folks are put behind bars for attacking police officers and engaging in, you know, what they uh, intended to be a violent insurrection to destroy the system of government in the United States of America. You know, a little... Little at little something for a Saturday. And um, Mills threw in a super chat. Did you see that Homeland Security faked terrorists for Trump? Faked terrorists for Trump. I guess we didn't. I, I think you need to remember. I, 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 yeah, I, no, no, no. I, I'm, there are a couple of things, um, but I don't know if he means the domestic terrorist stuff or they just made him feel good. Uh, send a link, Jordan, if, you're, if we're thinking about the same thing. So, um, and, uh, and thank you for that. Um, so where, oh yeah. So the, as we look at this, at the cuckoo, at the clown coup that happened on January 6th, we must continue to take great joy in that the people who were pulling it off are utter morons, the dumbest people on the planet. And thank the Lord that yep. there was not a brain cell bouncing around in any of their heads that that could have said, hey, if we changed a couple of things, we could actually be successful. Because they were always going to fail because they had the perfect mix of ignorance and arrogance. Um, the stupidity and the arrogance of this, uh, of the, of Trump himself um, you know, fish stinks from the head, and he thinks these are good defining characteristics. And everybody who follows him was like, "Knowledge, schmollage, 
Who needs it? Strategy, schmategy. We're going to do this. So Department of Homeland Security launched a failed operation that ensnared hundreds, if not thousands, of U.S. protesters in what new documents show was a sweeping power-hungry uh, effort for the 2020 election to bolster President Donald Trump's spurious claims about a terrorist organization he accused uh, his Democratic rivals of supporting. Oh, as of Yahoo. Okay, so he's talking about uh, Antifa uh, and BLM stuff. Yes, I know what you're talking about. Um, well, as a matter of fact, um, wait, yeah, well, let, let me try and grab that in a second. Um, but this is the idea is that they're trying to what about January 6th and the attack on Paul Pelosi? They're you know, they're trying to they're based on the idea that, well, you guys had Antifa and BLM as if a the Black Lives Matter protests, by and large, um, about George Floyd were peaceful protests the riots that occurred after the fact are not directly linked to like blm didn't start those riots that was not the purpose of the protests the protests were not like the opening act for a riot that's not what i was supposed to go and a lot of people were getting scooped up by the trump administration we now find to and put in jail as you know as potential terrorists or as rioters when they were simply there at the protests and the the you know, the attempts to get people out. And there were a couple of rioters who were, you know, who got bailed out when I, I would argue they shouldn't have. But the effort was to get protesters out of jail because they were doing nothing wrong. They were exercising their right to protest. And secondarily, the idea that Antifa somehow um, is a Democratic Party supporting organization when in, you know, if you look at what was going on in Portland effectively what you were seeing were not uh, people that were calling themselves Antifa were effectively just a group of anarchists. The the idea is to bring down the entire system that no one can be trusted. It's that, that old, that old wishbone. Um, and, and neither of them, by the way, um, were under the, uh, under the guide of, or, um, or I guess driven by the guy who actually won the nomination and then won the presidency. Because Biden himself was like, there's a difference between protests and riots and anybody who destroys property or harms people should go to jail. It was pretty clear throughout the entire presidency. As a matter of, pe- matter of fact, people thought that was going to hold him back. People thought that was going to limit him. As a, and they even thought at one point that Trump was going to run to the left of Biden on crime when he took on Kamala Harris because she'd been, uh, you know, the the AG of California and a DA, and they thought that made her, you know, her tough on crime stance would not, um, you know, would would not be appreciated by uh, Democratic voters in California. Remember, there was talk of them taking California. Not so much. Now, um, Phil, uh, Philip Bittner is waiting in the wings for us, which is lovely. He'll, we'll be with him in just one second. It's true. It's true. I have proof. Um, but I want to um, remind everybody before we go to break that um, voting is not a revolutionary act. Voting is not something where you are going to take your country back. It is not something where you're going to change the system of government. No. It is constant gardening. It is an activity more akin to nutrition and exercise. You do it for the health of your country. And you do it by choosing the person that you would say, okay, I would, I would let my kids stay over at this person's house or I would, let bar, I would let them borrow my car, those kind of things. Right. And in a lot of these cases, that ain't Oz. That ain't Herschel Walker. That certainly isn't Carrie Lake. Good Lord, can you imagine 
um, the what your kid would come back home spouting after an evening at Carrie Lake's house. Yikes! So. <laughs> Um, it is it is it is abundantly clear that um, the Democrats are all in on voting. The excitement is there. Rovember is a real thing. Um, and there is a ton of freak out happening on Fox News right now, because no matter what their push polls are showing them, they are in trouble and they know it. And that's why, uh, you know, Sean and they're close races. Don't get me wrong. In a lot of places closer than they should be. However, they're going to break Democrat if everybody shows up to vote, if the people who are going to vote and have said they're going to vote and who say that these issues matter to them, if they show up to vote, it's, you know, the, the red wave, the red tsunami is a myth. And it's based on faux polls and it's largely something to scare people. Literally, this is an activity by the Republicans, not just to go, we're winning and you're losing and try to motivate their voters, but also to scare off Democrats that, oh, if I go to the polls on Tuesday, there's going to be a bunch of MAGA people hanging around in red hats and they're going to be glowering at me or yelling or stuff's going to happen. Who cares? Show up, vote, go home. And then get ready for the next one. And spend in the time in between, spend that on your life. Because the whole point of having Democrats in office is that you don't have to white knuckle your government and it's a functioning entity. Republicans, remember, Republicans are running this this main treatise. Government can't do anything right. Elect me and I'll prove it. We gotta take a break. We'll be back. Yeah. I'll, I'll show you how bad government is. Put me in office. Look at Marjorie Taylor Greene. I could even dunk on how bad she is. We'll be back right after this. It's the Health Sports Radio Program, Mega Worldwide. Uh, Philip Bittner is going to be with us on the other side of the news, and we'll be talking about what's going on in, the, uh, in Ukraine. And uh, there's a lot of news. There's a lot of movement there right now. Um, holy smokes. We'll be back right after this. Had people walk out of me before, but not when I was being so charming. Video streaming at housefarms.com. Well, I don't care for you if it'll keep it like you're trowling out. Damn, face, sick. True progressive talk. Might be a good time for you guys to give up. Welcome back to the show. It's House Parks Mega Worldwide, uh, the radio program that's on the weekends, uh, 9 to 11 a.m. Uh, Pacific time. And uh, joining us right now from Kiev is our dear friend, Philip Bittner. How are you, brother? You doing all right? Good, 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 good. Yep. Excellent. Uh, uh, power, power outage earlier today and uh, one air raid siren, but all things considered, that's pretty easy. Yeah. Right. And Johnny Million is going to be uh, farming questions from the chat at infotainmentwars.com and at twitch.tv slash Hal Sparks. And, of course, even some from the Facebook page, the the Hal Sparks page, which you can also join if you're a Facebooker. And then uh, I even am still streaming to Twitter, even though it is run by a, uh, you know, a dude who is getting a little too cozy with a couple of gnarly regimes these days in a very in, in a in. In another example of worst timing in the world. Um, he speaks you know, he fluent the, Russian. Did you know that? No, I did not. Does, I mean, it's He speaks fluent uh, Russian. Well, that's, uh, that's new to me. I, you know, it's interesting. I was, uh, as somebody who speaks Chinese, I was 
looking at what was happening over the last, you know, since since she got his third term and everything's kind of cratered and freaked out. And they are they after he came in, they had this big chunk of money that they were waiting on. And then they flooded it into the Hong Kong Stock Exchange to go like, look, everybody loves this. And then it all tapered off immediately. They dumped like two trillion yuan into the market. And then it uh, and to 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 raise the value of their currency. And it it basically burned through the system, and a week later, the currency was right back where it started. Oy. So a lot of that going on in Russia, which has, by the way, currently, according to official reports, 13.6% inflation. A, a The GDP this year has shrunk by 5%, um, which is devastating in any country, but especially in a country that is running out of resources and running out of... Yeah, in one year, year over year, the loss of 5%. Um, And then, and now, um, he has, uh, Putin has officially endorsed civilians, uh, you know, Russian sympathetic civilians, I suppose, and the ones that, I I guess the Ukrainian civilians there that they're going to abduct um, should leave uh, Kherson. That he is, he is saying yeah. there's a curfew going on there right now. He has endorsed the idea of civilians leaving Kherson as if there's any still there of note, like they haven't been drumming them out or driving them out this entire time. Um, uh, yeah. And, and, and again, the worry is, uh, well, it's, we'll, we'll talk more about that because, you know, obviously the, the Kherson push has been happening. I have a theory I want to test with you about the the Wagner group, the Wagner group also. Yeah. But tell us what what you've heard as far as uh, what's going on in Kherson and the push there and well, sort of the Kherson, official. Kherson, well, yeah. Yeah. Kherson's a little bit tricky because the Ukrainians are trying to control the information coming out of there as tightly as they can. So journalists yeah. are not really allowed to go um, into kind of the frontline areas of Kherson. Which is not right. unusual. Uh, militaries around the world will do that. It's just you don't want you don't want a bunch of journalists uh, one getting in the line of fire, but two also revealing you know positions or anything like that. So they've clamped down on the flow of information coming out of Kherson. But we have we have heard about the curfew. We have heard of, um, well, and there have been there's been photographic evidence to uh, indicate that the uh, the main trail uh, train station, the main rail station. Right. Uh, that the Russian flag has been taken down from there. Yeah, I saw that. Uh, which em- is empty flag. Significant. They haven't put up a Ukrainian one yet, but they have taken no. down the Russian flag. Like they it took the it Russian with them one. so somebody couldn't wipe their feet with it. Right. Yeah, or, yeah exactly. And then, I mean, we have uh, a video uh, document. Uh, we have a video plea from the deputy uh, mayor uh, who was impo- who was put in power when the Russians came in. Now, keep in mind that Kherson was... The first major victory uh, for the Russians, mainly because they had installed people who then betrayed Ukraine and handed things over to mm-hmm. the Russians. So this deputy mayor was leaving and he was saying, oh, yeah, everything's fine. Don't worry about everything. You know, the civilians should be thinking about plans to move out. But we're not worried about losing the city. But then he's videoing and you see he clearly has everything that's dear to him in the world. Behind him in the car, he's packed up to the ceiling of boxes and suitcases. So he's getting out of there for sure. Um, One one of those guys ran over a child. There was a there was footage of one of those guys leaving town, 
ran over a kid in the street and just kept going. A, a, a little kid, like a, I want to say, I mean, look, three, four years old. Brutal. Yeah, and there's widespread um, and, reports of as as Ukrainians are, are are progressing, they're coming into villages where they're getting these reports of you know just widespread war crimes and you know killings and uh, raping right. and uh, you know just mm-hmm. everything isn't nailed down, getting stolen. Uh, it's nothing new that we haven't seen in this conflict before, but mm-hmm. as as Ukraine. Forces progress and regain territory. They, they're hearing these things over and over and over again. Right. There is concern. There, there, are, there. I have heard from certain sectors within uh, Ukraine and primarily within the defense uh, ministry, uh, but other places as well, that they're cautious about this whole "the Russians are pulling out" thing. They, right. they, they think it might a, be a trap. A, right. They think it might be a trap. They think that they might be being drawn into something that would, uh, um, you know, something unexpected. Uh, nobody is suggesting immediately that it would be some unconventional weapon or something like that. More like that they have strategic concerns that, that the, the Russians are trying to draw them into Kherson and turn it into a Stalingrad or something. But. No, the, the the Ukrainians are going to come for Kherson. It's going to happen. It's yeah. uh, the weather is already turning bad, so they're they're on the clock. Uh, they've got mm-hmm. to get in there before too long, or the rains will come and everything will be muddy, and it will be difficult to resupply and refit and rearm. Um, the you know all the ramifications of a heavy winter or a, a, a bad autumn in uh, in Ukraine are clearly. At the forefront of sure. everybody's minds, but they have to take Kherson back. They have to. They. they it's right. Strategically, it's almost vital, uh, and yeah. uh, it might be. It might be that the Ukrainians themselves are planning some sort of offensive that would time would 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 be well in time with the ch- coming change in weather because they could conquer the, the you know territory without fear of a counteroffensive. Right, but. Yeah. But that's all speculation. That's all speculation based on information that we're getting coming out of what is kind of an information black hole. But never, you know, it, it, it doesn't. In some ways, there it doesn't there change the momentum there, in this circumstance. It doesn't change right. the momentum, and it doesn't change the importance of getting Kirsan back. Um, mm-hmm. And it's it's got to happen. And so. We will see a battle in Kherson uh, soon. Uh, there's there's yeah. little to no doubt that it will right. get bad. And and what I'm worried about is seeing it turn into another uh, Mariupol or another uh, right. you know, just a, just an absolute I, meat grinder sort of situation. Which it could. Yeah. Happen. See, I think that ch- I suppose, but I think the chances of that are way lower, if only because um, you've got. Uh, you you got the HIMARS in play now. You have a lot more resources than you had back then, and they're closer. Um, they're, you know, yeah. one of the things about Mariupol was it was just too far away from support. And yeah. but but Kyrgyzstan, yeah. but it, you know, fighting fighting a so the Russians are going to be on defense uh, this time. So they are going to be mm-hmm. defending positions, and it is easier to defend. In an urban setting, than it is when you're out in the open in the in the in the open elements. Um, right. So we'll we'll see. I don't know. I really none of us none of us at this point right. know for sure. The one thing right. we can count on is the fact that a battle is coming. Yes, 
Um, also, I have a theory. We got to take a break, but when we come back, we got questions from the chat for you, and I have um, a uh, I have a theory about what the Wagner Group is doing around Bakhmut, and it it, it tracks. I, I I like uh, with everyone's confusion. I think I've solved why people are confused. I like in watching it okay. like over the last couple of weeks. I'll, I'll I'll test that theory when we come back. It's Southworth Radio Program, Mega Worldwide. Yes, on WCPT Radio, Chicago's Progressive Talk. WCPTA20.com is the website. We'll be back. I know I'm only on one day a week. I get it. I'm gonna have to jump on uh, GarageBand and start sawing something together. This is the house bar show. Blah, 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 and a guitar note, and then progressive, ah, and all. Yeah, it's gonna be good. Hey, how did you mean something like this? This is the house bar show. Blah, 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 and a guitar note, and then progressive, ah, and all. Yeah, it's gonna be good. The House Parks Radio Program, Mega Worldwide. Yeah, it's going to be good. So, um, it is going to be good. It's uh, So, I want to present my my theory of the, uh, the, right, feudal meat, the feudal meat grinder strategy of the Wagner Group uh, attacks on Bakhmut. So, in the middle of the big banana of area that the Russians are trying, that, that partly that they seize and they're being driven back from, and the bottom of the banana would be, you know, Kherson and Crimea, and the top up what's left of the Donbass close to the, to the uh, Russian border. And in the middle of it, right, one of the brown spots, is this area where, for some stupid reason, and I will hear, I will quote the, Indus, uh, the Institute for the Study of War and how confused they seem about this. I, ISW previously assessed that Russian forces prematurely impaled an insufficient concentration of mobilized personnel on offensive pushes near Bakhmut and uh, Volodar on Donetsk, uh, in Donetsk Oblast on November 3rd. That, that's not a long time ago. That's just, insufficient. Look at this. Prematurely impaled an insufficient concentration. That's amazing language. That, that followed up with the apparent intensification of Russian assaults in Donetsk Oblast likely indicates that Russian forces are repeating that mistake throughout this section of the front. They have kept doing this. They keep taking this one chunk of land and getting pushed back. And then they do it again, and they get pushed back. And each time, they have lost, in this one area alone, for a town that is not crucial, it is a hub, you know, corner, but it is not in an area. Is that for you, or is that Johnny Million? Uh, that's that's yep, me. That's you. That's just yep. police okay. car driving by. Oh, all right, okay. And um, so uh, just being sh- being safe, you know, if you need to, you know, duck and cover. Is yep. there a school desk I'll nearby? Let you know. <laughs> all right, good. Um, so, so, um, uh, so they keep taking this little bit of land right around Bakhmut and then getting driven back and then doing it again. And when the Ukrainians drive them back, it's not costing the Ukrainians anything because they're firing with. Artillery, Like these guys, they fire on this ground. The Russians rush across it. Then they fire on the ground again. And the guys run back. It's not costing, like Ukrainians are not losing soldiers there. The Russians are, and lots of them. Somewhere in the order of like 7,000 in the last three months in that one area for a piece of town they don't need. And the Wagner group is in charge of that middle area. That Donetsk Oblast area leading up, like in the middle of that whole section, 
they are the ones keeping those two sections in theory from being split apart. And they keep doing this push. And I think I know why. Um, and, they, and this new group of, of they've, they've gotten a few of these fresh recruits, these green recruits, and they just feed them into the meat grinder and then try again with new guys. They just push them forward. And if you retreat, we'll shoot you. The Wagner group guys aren't doing the killing. They're sitting, you know, they're waiting, watching their guys get killed. It's really gross. Here's what I think. The reports are back in, I want to say April, that the Wagner group was basically being paid by the kilometer for land they take. They are literally getting bonuses that the military is not. These guys are charging over this land and taking land, and they go, we secured this land, send the check now. They don't have to refund if the land gets taken back. So I think they are just sacrificing Russian soldiers for this Pez dispenser of Russian cash over and over and over again. They're reclaiming this land. They get paid for taking the land. They lose it. And then they get paid for taking it again. And they're not even doing exactly. the fighting themselves. It's grotesque. That's my theory. Yeah. And everybody's like, like why do they keep trying I this? Mean, Money. Maybe. I mean, it's, it's the Prigozhin, the head of the Wagner group, is a pretty disgusting individual. Um, and, and has done terrible, terrible. I mean, like, if you research yeah. some of the things of what Wagner Group did in, like, the Central African Republic Somalia. or Sierra Leone or Somalia, um, it's, it's, it'll, it'll disturb you greatly if you have a soul. Um, yeah. Anyhow. Disemboweling uh, pregnant women. Like, they were, yeah, they are awful. terrible. Yeah, they're really, really bad guys. Uh, and, and also the, the fish rots from the head down. Prigozhin himself mm-hmm. is a pretty unpleasant human being. Mm-hmm. So I could mm-hmm. see that completely cynically, them saying, we're going to get money. And I'm, and I, and by the way, I don't think this is mutually exclusive. I think they could totally be doing that. But I also think there's a couple of things going on with the Wagner group. And that is that, um, there's clearly a power struggle happening in, in Moscow. Uh, well, mm-hmm. Moscow and, uh, in, in Moscow and in Grozny, um, uh, between these different kind of militarized, uh, groups where you have the, the Ministry of Defense itself with Shaigu, which has been, you know, an, a, utter and absolute disaster and, and when, and the calls for him to resign and, um, even be, you know, held accountable and thrown into prison sort of thing for the just miserable performance of the regular military. Um, right. And then you have Prigozhin attacking him openly. Uh, you right. have uh, uh, Kadyrov uh, basically attacking both of them. Th- these are indications. When you start seeing things like this in Russia, these are indications that the the, the system is, is breaking down. <clears throat> when they openly start, because they don't... They, so Russia has a history of what's called the boyars, which is basically a kind of a, a lords and ladies and kind of an aristocracy and that kind of stuff. And, and, and they've, held, they've held that throughout their entire history. So if you are close to the circle of power, you, you do not make trouble for the czar, the, the, the prime minister, whatever, the president, or the head of the, the uh, Politburo, whatever it was. You don't make mm-hmm. trouble for them by speaking openly in public. That's a big, big no-no. So for the fact, so the fact that these guys are openly um, sniping at one another uh, with yeah. Putin kind of uh, still kind of on the, on the pedestal uh, indicates that the sharks are starting to circle, and it's only a matter of time before. And I've said this before; I'll say it again: 
what happens in Russian history is that the the that once there's mm-hmm. a chink in the armor or once there's blood in the water, let's go with the blood in the water analogy. So if the, if Putin is the alpha shark, once yeah. there's blood in the water, all the other sharks go into a feeding frenzy on one another until another another alpha is available, and he then usurps the the original alpha, which in this case would be Putin. And and right. this kind of open infighting. Uh, is uh, is an indication things are not going well. So, Prigozhin could be playing that out also here uh, on the ground mm-hmm. when it comes to Bakhmut, when it comes to whatever he's doing with with um, with his forces. Kadyrov will do the right. same thing, I am sure. But it's you know Utkin, none of this is going well. Dmitry Utkin, right? Yeah, um, all the all the all all the all the power players in the in the security mm-hmm. apparatus. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, uh, I, I want to say Dmitry Utkin is one of the commanders of the Wagner Group in in, um, in Ukraine. He's the dude with the SS tattoos on his collarbones for all the we've got to denazify Ukraine stuff. Yeah. Um, so anyways, um, I, that fascinates me. I know. Let's see. We might have. Yeah, we got a couple minutes before the break. So do we have a question we can uh, yeah, yeah. throw his way first? Yeah. Got, uh, first question early. from Carlene Martin. Which she said was a dumb question, but I disagree. Do the sirens mm-hmm. for air raids sound different there than they like than like the noon sirens here for uh, tornadoes and things? Yes, yes. Uh, the the right, sirens sound different. Not only the sirens sound different, but mm-hmm. they're also they're also different from city to city. Um, there's no uniformity okay. for the air raid sirens. Huh. Good old Soviet thinking. Leftover Soviet thinking. Yeah. And so here's right. a, another one that's kind of quick. Oh, no. um, no, but wait a minute, wait a minute. One, one other quick note about it. that. Hold yeah. on. One other quick note about There is one thing that is that is uniform, and it's this. That if there are apps. Oh, yeah. You get an app. You get you download an app from the Ukrainian Ministry of Defense, and, and this is uniform everywhere you go. And it's a, it's interesting you say a hangover from, from Soviet times because this isn't. This is this is Ukrainian yeah. ingenuity, and it works right. beautifully. Right, right. So, okay, Johnny, quick question. Uh, what was the other one? Two more minutes. Yeah. Quick, quick one. Real quick one. Yeah. A uh, quick one from Bean Toes and one other person in the chat. Um, ask Phil if Ukrainian school children are attending classes. They are. They are attending classes. Um, it depends on kind of the location. If they're in a relatively safe place, like out in the West in Lviv, they will actually physically uh, go to classes. But I have heard an awful lot of people who are doing, uh, th- you know, if there's a silver lining to COVID, it's that it's that remote uh, schooling was uh, already pretty much set up and ready to go. And a lot of these kids are so traumatized that even if they can go back to school, they don't want to because they don't want to be far, far away from their parents they want to stay in the home so there's a lot of remote schooling that's going on okay cool let's uh we have one more um probably not in the next uh minute or so i do want to bring up before we go to break um the g the g7 has uh, according to kiev independent and the g7 themselves they report this as well has established a coordination mechanism to help Ukraine restore energy and water infrastructure. So beyond the fact that military aid is being sent in and, and uh, you know, and support aid for refugees and people who are displaced and uh, home, made homeless by this, there is now a coordination between G7 countries to go in there um, 
and and help them get their make sure their power is back on and that their water is working. Um, and that puts a lot of foreigners on the ground that are in harm's way if Russia decides to strike these places. And they're not dumb about this. They, they know we got to take a break. We'll be back right after this. It's the House Parks Radio program, Mega Worldwide. This is Damian Perdue of Think Theory Radio, Saturdays at 6 p.m. You're listening to Hal Sparks' radio program, Mega Worldwide. Ah, uh, I thought there was going to be like a new one every break. I was so excited. You want more, Hal? We'll give you more. Hal Sparks' radio program, Mega Worldwide, on Chicago's Progressive Talk, WCBT 820. Hoo-yah! Um, We have a lot of uh, uh, more questions. I do want to say that... Um, not too long ago, I, we when we were looking at the map, and I wish I could put it up on the screen for people to watch, but people listening at home wouldn't help you anyways. But in the in the areas that were taken by Russia and then lost in the north around Kharkiv and, uh, you know, near Zaporizhia and those other places, as it gets pushed back, um, there is there always was a little donut hole of partisan warfare from Ukrainians inside the Russian held territories basically fighting their way out or holding on to the little areas that space has is 10 times larger today than it was in july that ukrainian held territory west of kherson south of donetsk in that area is 10 times larger. It went from, you know, from a map standpoint, being about the size of your thumb to being the size of your palm. And that in and of itself is going to be an incredible story when this is, when this is written. This is, that's another story like Mariupol, but where people aren't trapped, where they can come and go. And it also speaks to how porous the, the front line is. For supplies yeah. and all kinds of other stuff, and how un, you know uncoordinated the Russians are. Um, let's grab another question my too. My favorite well, uh, story. Yeah. My yeah. Quick, quick point. My, my favorite story yeah. of all of those things, though, was the story mm-hmm. of the uh, the guy who ran a restaurant in Kherson, and a bunch of Russian mm-hmm. soldiers came in and, and ordered uh, uh, ordered a bunch of you know uh, shish kebabs, and they put mm-hmm. they put uh, rat poison on it and killed them. Wow. I don't know how you eat. And that was months ago. Yeah. That was months ago. Yeah, how stupid are you to be a Russian soldier and go in? But that it it betrays how deluded they are about what's going on. They really do think that they're they're coming in as conquering heroes and liberators. Right. It's just well, I mean, okay. you've been sold this bill of goods. Jeez. I mean, and again, these are all stories. Where, let's grab another uh, one because I'm going to get down a rabbit hole myself and then you know, we won't get to sure. the question. I so. got a question from right, Mr. C, who says they have a MAGA friend who says we, the USA, has have troops in Ukraine. I don't have money to do a super check. Can someone please ask Phil if this is true for me, please? Thank you. You don't need money to ask oh. a question, Misty. Uh, do they have, do we have troops on the ground in Ukraine? Not, okay, no, no, we don't. No, we don't. Not, not to any significant, I'm going to, I'm going to hedge this a little bit, but 
we might have a couple of special ops guys on the ground here. We might have a couple of liaison officers on the ground here. But it is not it, – it's a, a, a maybe a few dozen. Maybe. Maybe. Right. Because we don't want to get caught. You don't want to get – And they're also not fighting. That's, that's not we're what they mean by troops fighting. either. Yeah, we're not no. – we're like right, we don't, right we now have no co- – We have no combative units on, on the ground in Ukraine. I, w- I am very comfortable in saying that. And I – this is someone who has been – I have been hanging out with uh, members of the Foreign Legion, uh, the Ukrainian – the International Legion that's here. Um, mm-hmm. You know, so it, it, they, it's not like they could sneak them in under that guise either because I've met a lot of those guys and I – uh, they're just volunteers. They're just guys who, mm-hmm. sadly, they're taking. They're, by the way, is something of note that we didn't talk about at the top, but sadly, it does look like the Legion is really taking it on the chin right now. Um, I know there was at least one American who was killed this week. I think there was a mm-hmm. guy from uh, there was a guy from um, Singapore. Um, you know, they're right. they're they're out there fighting for what they see yeah, as a the, global threat to democracy. But as far as us sending somebody or like the Pentagon sent troops here in any significant numbers or that they're combatants, no. Hundred percent tell your MAGA friend that's a load of ho- that's 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 hogwash. Mm-hmm. Very good. Straight up. Okay, so I've got another one yeah. from uh Catherine De- Filippio from Facebook asks, are the Ukrainians still feeling motivated and hopeful? Yes. Yeah. hundred percent. hundred percent. They don't have a choice. They don't have a choice. And also, yeah. not only do they not have a choice, but this is, this is one of the first times in, their, in the last 500 years of their history where they really have a chance to to gain their independence and solidify it and not lose it. There will be a country called Ukraine after this war, and they mm-hmm. know it. And so they are not, you know, we talk about how hard there'll be something be. called Russia afterwards, too. But I don't know if it'll qualify. Yeah, I don't as know a what country. that's going to be either. But, the, mm-hmm. the, the, you know, we, so we talk about people getting ready for a difficult winter, and they are very much aware of, of this is going to be a tough winter. But I've heard from I, almost every Ukrainian I know has said to me, mm-hmm. we, so we suffer through one winter in order to gain freedom for not only myself and my children, but for all the generations to come. Right. So we suffer through one winter. That's that is nothing compared to what it will mean for us. Um, it's this is a colonial. It's a colonial conflict. This is this is a war of colonial independence, and these guys are not going to give up. They're just not right. Just full no. They're, so again, I'm that's always a stunned at people answer who, to a short question. Yes. Uh, uh, right. No, they are. They I will are dive into that too. Standing strong. <laughs> right. So uh, yeah, Johnny, let's grab another one. Yeah, Ed's 3D Tech has a question. Has the Ukrainian ability to bring down drones improved? Yes. Yes, it has. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're getting much better at that. Uh, some really kind of like just brute force kind of things I've seen even is like using a drone to hit another drone and knock it out of the sky. Um, mm-hmm. But but what I've, what I've really seen, and this is we are now looking at stuff that is going to become commonplace in the 21st century battlefield. And one of these, these weapons that is being developed not only – um, internationally, but now here domestically within Ukraine, are these are these guns that send out a radio signal 
mm-hmm. that breaks the drone away from its controller. And most drones will have, certainly the commercial ones that are being used, um, that, that they have a default setting when they lose connection, they'll just land. So they shoot. Right. It's it's very much fla- Flash Gordon uh, kind of, yeah. you know. We've shown pictures of it on my live stream. Kind of they're, they're great. Yeah, yeah, they're really funky looking things. Um, but they but they shoot a radio signal up at the drone and the drone comes down. Now, the other drones that are being used, um, which don't rely so much, which are a little which are much more autonomous, um, like the Iranian drones that they've got. Um, they're getting better at downing those as well. Their air defenses are getting better and better. That's part of the package that was just delivered by um, mm-hmm. uh, by Sullivan, uh, National Security Advisor uh, uh, Sullivan, who was just here yesterday or the day before, I want to say, right. bringing a, a $400 million, uh, another tranche of $400 million. And in that is included better air, uh, you know, anti-air defenses. And they are getting better. Their their air defenses mm-hmm. are getting better. I mean, I don't want to jinx myself, but um, I, you know, considering how much the munitions have been chucked at uh, uh, at Kiev, if 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 they'd gotten through, this town would be much worse off than it is. But they're they're getting very good at shooting these things down. So hopefully, they'll get even better still. Mm-hmm. All right, cool. can I squeeze in another one here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this is from Connie Kelly. Um, mm-hmm. What is the feeling on how long the war will last? Will it go past the end of winter? Yes, it's going to go past the end. Of, well, okay. Unless. So war being being uh, war being what it is, um, I, I don't try try not to be categorical, except for a few things like the will of the Ukrainian people, which is just undeniable. But, um, you know, if Putin were to suddenly get a, a severe dose of lead poisoning, uh, mm-hmm. or if, uh, or if, you know, if, if there was an open revolt in Russia, or if there was a major breakthrough by Ukrainian forces, it, it could speed things up. There's a lot of things at play going on right now, but I would, I am comfortable in saying that yes, this will go be, uh, sadly, will go beyond winter. Um, I, I still think we are, we are probably closer to the end of the war than we are to the beginning of it, give or take. We might be at the kind of middle point, um, but mm-hmm. the, this this war is going to continue, and um, uh, it will it will. Uh, it, it, I think I think Donbass is is in is most likely going to be regained by uh, Ukrainian forces, and I think the the question still remains about Crimea. Uh, I've heard very optimistic uh, Ukrainians saying we're going to take back everything. I hope that's true, but um, I, Crimea is a huge, huge question. Um, right. But I think Donbass will probably be regained, and, and I think, yeah, and I think agreed. it's, um, I, th- I think it's, um, I think again, we are either about equidistant or we are closer to the end than to the beginning. Mm-hmm. And there's my Ukrainian friend texting me right now, telling me he's on a pl- flight soon to Chicago. He's, he's all right on. Through sh- He's transferring through Schiphol in uh, Amsterdam. He's getting on a plane to go to Chicago. So Chicago, hey, you're can't getting go wrong. Ukrainian. 
All right. Excellent. And we're also getting ready to vote. I'm reminding everybody, by the way, that you've got people fighting and dying for the ability to uh, have command, uh, you know, simple control over their own government without an outside force directing them. And if you let it slide or take that for granted, I don't know what's up with you. I don't know why, you, you know, again, taking the freedoms and the ability to control our government um, for granted is is. As, as much of a crime as just like looking at what the the mass graves in in Bucha and go, and shrugging them off. Um, this is incredibly serious. Um, you know, it, it is a regular endeavor. Don't put more weight on it than it takes. Just do the just I vote. Did. Just I did it before I exercise. left. Hey, there you go. Um, I voted as well. I posted my picture. Johnny Million, have you 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 did your early vote? Johnny Million early voted. And, yeah, uh, yeah, I met my wife in, in uh, Southeast in, in Asia. Southeast Asia, right? Um, what are, what are the odds? Um, he wasn't even here for that, so it's just as confusing as you think. Let's take a break. When we come back, it'll be the happy ending, um, which is always better when um, Phil is with us, just because we know he's okay, and that helps immensely as well. We'll be back right after this. It's the House Parks Radio Program, Mega Worldwide. I am happy, you are happy, let us be happy together, whether the weather is cloudy or sunny. I will always be a funny honey bunny, I am lucky, you are lucky, let us get lucky together, whether the weather is cloudy or breezy. I'll be there to say, hey, come on, let's take it easy, because isn't it nice to have the friends that you do, and isn't it nice that the sky is so blue, and isn't it nice to say I love you, chugga chugga choo choo, woo I am smiling, you are smiling, let us smile together, whether the weather is cloudy or stormy, I will still be there in the morning, I'll be right by your side in the morning, I'll make you breakfast in the morning, I hope that you like cereal. Yay! <laughs> this has been, um, <laughs> um, welcome back to the show, this is Houseworks Radio Program Mega Worldwide, it's time for the happy ending, and Philip Bittner is joining Yay. us today, um, and uh, hopefully at some point I will be able to announce the happy ending that we've hit 42,000 subscribers, we are currently at... Ugh. 41 point we're hovering at 41 oh, at 52 point. and no quit it um we're we're currently in the act in absolute numbers give me a second we are at it's something really close it's driving me nuts 41,998 two more subscribers you're out there it doesn't even cost anything on on youtube to subscribe come on you guys get us up over that if you haven't subscribed Give it a shot. Come on. All right. Now, back to, like, uh, the happy ending. Now, it's always difficult for me to do uh, the happy ending because I always want to think of it as something that we talk about in terms of no losers in it. It's a good thing, stuff that's happening. I was watching. One of the things I would like to mention right out of the gate, and this will probably, um, unfortunately, be part of the conversation in Ukraine going forward after this is all over, was about a company that 3D prints prosthetic limbs that has created uh, uh, servo-driven arms that are so precise that they can be uh, they can make kid-sized ones that actually open and close based on the muscle um, in the upper arm, and they scan the kids, uh, you know, the the end of what wherever they need the prosthetic. 
multiple times. They send them these things that they attach to it that allow them to get a feel for what it's like. And then they send them this 3D printed hand. And it's most prosthetics like that cost $86,000. They can make them for $4,600 for kids and $7,000 for adults. And And kids outgrow them. So that's the thing with kids when they have a lost limb. And there was this one girl, I, this is what teared me up about it. This one girl talking about, I can pull up my sleeves on both sides of my body. Uh, that was it. She had a prosthetic on there before, but she couldn't, it couldn't close or do anything. So she could only pull up her right sleeve. She could not pull up her left sleeve. She had to do this whole thing. And now she has a hand that opens and closes, articulates fingers, and she can now pull up her sleeve on her right. It's like just beautiful. And every day there are people all over this planet that wake up trying to make the world a better place, folks. Um, and uh, that's that will, unfortunately, I think, factor into the post-war situation with you know men, women, and children beyond even the soldiers that have gone through this. Mm-hmm. As it does, but it's beautiful to know that people are working on that. So I'm mentioning that at the top. There we go. And let's grab some yeah, other well, questions. I, I, I think yeah. I think there are lots of people who are working on like PTSD and stuff. Right. What, did, did we? We think we hit 42. Was that it? Hold on, I'm refreshing That's the page. In the chat. All right. Not only did we hit 42, it's taking long. 42029. Look at that. 30. Look at that. 28 other people decided that they appreciated uh, the request. Thank you guys so much. That is so awesome. On our way to 45, then 52, so I won't be made a liar on my own show. And then and then one day, years from now, we'll uh, be Vincent in the big Owen leagues. sent a super chat for yeah. $1 for each thousand. Uh, thank you so much. The, and, and, of course, 42 is the answer to life, the universe, and everything. Um, and also, and, and also the number of my uh, Freemason lodge that I became a Mason in. Isn't that funny? Like that's why I chose them. One of the reasons why I chose that lodge in particular is because it was Lodge Forty Two, the answer to life, the universe, and everything. Um, to, yeah, little, little tidbit. Okay, let's get these last questions in because the show's going to vanish right before us. We got. Yep. Yeah. Let's do it. Do yep, it. Do we it, got do a it. couple more here. Um, one is from Treva Joan. Can Philip describe his credentials? Also, Philip Etner, we cannot thank you enough for your presence. Hmm. Oh, thank you. Uh, my credentials. I, uh, I. He's got a Herschel Walker cop badge. That's all you need to know. Not a prop. I, I am credentialed by the Ukrainian Ministry of Defense, but my, 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 uh, um, my CV, my curriculum vitae includes, uh, uh, CBS News, Al Jazeera, Sky News, uh, done some work for CNN, uh, for my sins. I did some, uh, work for uh, Fox. Uh, one of the best days of my life was when I got fired. Um, but uh, 60 Minutes. Uh, right. And I I started my career in the late 90s. Uh, I was posted. Oh, I didn't. I posted myself to Moscow in the late um, 90s when the Yeltsin era was weaning down and the Putin era was just uh, uh, beginning. Uh I worked for uh, CBS as their kind of deputy bureau chief in Iraq and Afghanistan. I worked for Voice of America as a bureau chief uh, for them in uh, Kabul and Islamabad. So I had a very long uh, broadcast journalism career, and uh, it was a good career. But um, I'm hoping to kind of strike out on my own because I'm a little bit jaded Mm -hmm. about the stuff. 
status a little of, bit. Of, uh, of media these days. A little bit. 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 Um, yeah, a little bit. Um, excellent. A little bit. And, we got and then, six minutes, so I'm sure we can get another question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. We've, We've got, got a couple. more here. Um, from Mary Pike, okay. did the Republicans' suggestion that funds for the Ukraine were at risk have any effect on the ground? Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, I was going to mention that myself, actually. Um, no, not really. Uh, uh, Ukrainians are very savvy. They know what the deal is. Um, that actually, you know, the fact that we were also sending a bunch of uh, refurbished T-90s that we either backfilled with our, our former Warsaw Pact, now NATO allies, um, they know that they will continue to get support from the international community and right. uh, from the United States, no matter, the, the, you know, this is a very well-educated, a very savvy, uh, globally uh, knowledgeable right. group of people in this country. And they know that even if the Republicans do win in the, in the midterms, that there are so many ways to block or to mm-hmm. work around uh, giving support to Ukraine that um, it's it's not going to stop. And by the time by the time it gets to a place where they might be able to stop uh, getting aid to this country, uh, the war is most likely going to be over um, and right. probably in Ukraine's favor. But it's also it's also just um, you know I, I keep going back to the fact that as 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 grateful as they are for the weaponry and the support, the moral support, the financial support, all the rest of it. It is my contention. They don't say this themselves. I'm saying this. Me. Um, even if we didn't support them, they'd fight. They'd fight, yep. and we would be ashamed of ourselves for letting it happen because they would they would be willing to fight to the very last man. Well, they would more likely have to. They would more likely have to and fight to the right. very last man and child. Exactly. That's what we're trying to avoid. And also, uh, you're, I think you're absolutely point. right in that by the time that, you know, the, the House or the Senate got sworn in, and I don't think that's going to happen, but uh, um, the by the time they got sworn in, the Lend-Lease program, by the way, is already in play, and most of the stuff that's going to be going there forward is going to be going on a Lend-Lease system anyway, so it doesn't require the allocation of more funds except for transport, which has already been okayed in the previous aid package that's written into it. That Of course, if, you're gonna, if we're going to Lend-Lease yeah, you something and, and you're going to pay us back, we have to get chief. it to you. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and as commander in chief, he has the uh, Biden has the ability to uh, to to make end runs all over the place. Not that that's necessarily a good thing, not a bad thing either. In this case, it is a good thing. But I mean, mm-hmm. what are they going to do? What are the Republicans? If if the Republicans bring back one of the houses, let's say they get back the House of Representatives, um, what what would they do if Biden then goes, okay, well, I'm not going to give the tanks to Ukraine, but you can't stop me giving them from to our NATO ally Poland, and then Poland gets mm-hmm. them, and then he gives, you know, and then they give them to the Ukrainians. You're kind right. of tying into a, the last question I've got here from Agnieszka Gary. Sure. Uh, did the Polish tanks make it to the front yet? Some have, yes. Some definitely have uh, more and more weaponry. I mean, they're getting to the point where they are saying they're they're getting to an artillery superiority, a level of artillery mm-hmm. superiority. They don't have the distance. They don't have the distance. That's what they're starting. They're, they're, they're now starting to say we are we are happy with all the um, artillery that we have. We have problems with munitions and we have problems with really, really long range weaponry. Um, and mm-hmm. we'll have to see if they they go ahead and get that. But um, 
you know, yes, I have suggested weapon, I, yeah. weapons are getting well, to the front. I'm almost uh, we're almost out of time, but I have suggested that one of the concerns was, of course, the 300 kilometer high Mars, for example. Um, one of the ways you solve that problem is uh, you can't use them past this line if you're going to fire them, meaning that uh, you can use them. 298 kilometers back from the Russian border or something along those lines. And you can give them a lot of, you know, long range. Now, there's some stuff that will travel over multiple countries, and that's really what they're talking about. Because once you go past the high Mars level, you're talking about cruise missiles and that kind of stuff, which can go for a very long time. And yeah, the that's where you, that's they're concerned. Ukrainians don't necessarily yeah. want that. And in addition to that, the Ukrainians, again, are smart enough to know that they would not jeopardize the goodwill of the international community or the right. Americans in particular by firing into Russia. If the if we give if we say we'll give you these weapons, but you can only fire at X, Y, and Z, and you can't fire into you know this these places, they will they will agree. They will They'll agree. They'll follow it, right? They're not agreed. Um, Phil, no, they don't want Phil, to ruin thanks the for being on with us. Yeah. Um, Phil, thanks for being on. Uh, hopefully, you can maybe join maybe me during the week Wednesday? someday. That'd be great. Okay. That'd be lovely. Right. Johnny Million, love you. Woo-hoo. You're amazing. Um, have fun in Southeast Asia. Um, tell the missus, try the noodles. And um, I will see you guys. Um, I'm going to do a special Trump thing tomorrow on my live stream. So at infotainmentwars.com because we passed 42K. Thanks, Chicago. Love you guys. And uh, love you, chat. And we'll see you guys soon.